Many of you know that since the first of the year, we've been talking about stewardship. And that is, what do we do? How do we manage? What do we uh, accomplish with the gifts that God has given us? We talked about that in several different aspects, talking about our treasure, our time, and our talents. This morning, we're going to talk about the stewardship of our service. And for that reason, I wanted to ask uh, Kristen Wallace, a friend of our church for many years, to come forward and share her story with us this morning. Kristen, for those of the folks here today that don't know you, tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay. Good morning. My name is Kristen Wallace. My husband, Chris, and I, along with our two kids, have been members here at First Pres going on, I think, about 15 years. Throughout that time, I've served in different areas, including on the missions committee, as well as serving as a deacon, and currently, I'm serving as an elder on session. Okay. Tell us about the mission of Ham. Okay, Humble Area Assistance Ministries, affectionately known as HAM, is an interfaith organization which strives to help residents who are in crisis meet their basic needs. This can be done through the food pantry, through rent assistance, through utility assistance, clothing, prescriptions, anything that they need. And then we also provide six meals on real, six meals on wheels routes, it's a little tongue twister every week, and seasonal opportunities such as back to school and toys at Christmas. Then also the next step is to strive to get them to self-sufficiency where we offer education and um, employment opportunities. So about eight years ago, when I was serving on the commission committee with you, an opportunity came uh, to join as a covenant partner representative. Ham is supported by many covenant partner churches in our area, so I became one of two representatives. I kind of volunteered without thinking about it, um, but then I started attending the quarterly meetings and learning more about the mission of Ham. And then I got to know Cassie, who's the volunteer coordinator, and she kept providing me more and more opportunities to get involved, um, including community food fairs, checking in clients, and then also working in the intake office. And I really just connected with the mission and then also the clients that I worked with there. What have you learned from your time uh, serving at Ham? Well, I've learned a lot about our local community and the, uh, the concentrated need of those in our, in our area. Did you know that 47% of households in Harris County are going month to month just trying to meet their needs, and 14% of Harris County residents live below the poverty line? Um, I've had to sit and talk to a lot of people, especially during the pandemic, and those, those stats that I just shared came from 2018, so I know the needs are much greater now. And they're trying to decide, do they pay for rent or do they pay for that prescription that their child needs? Um, I have a couple of stories that come to mind. There was a client and both her and her husband were both working, um, making ends meet with two jobs. However, she got COVID and she was not able to work and he was not able to work because he had a direct exposure. So losing a month's worth of income was devastating for that family. And then there's another story of a single mom with two kids. She knew she wanted a better life for her family, but she, didn't, she needed some training to take her to the next step. But unfortunately, the high cost of childcare didn't leave her money to, to pay for that tuition and for that cost. And so those are a couple stories of families that I've encountered at my time at HAM. And I'm blessed to be part of an organization that helps to meet those needs and to overcome those obstacles. But even though the majority of our clients are probably concentrated around our offices in Humble, you would be surprised at the amount of need that's right here in Kingwood. It, the need is here as well. Tell us about the nuts and bolts of working in a mission <laughs> like Ham. 
Well, I believe everybody is called to serve. Whether you're called to serve at a social services office is different. And I think what Beth alluded to perfectly is we all have a unique calling that God has given us. And looking back, I can clearly see God at work and preparing me for this part of my life. He's been very patient with me, thankfully, even when I was not. But looking back, his timing has always been perfect. And God continues to support my journey at Ham. that there are days that aren't easy and the overwhelming needs of those around us can weigh you down. And there's tough conversations we have to have, but I'm surrounded by wonderful godly people there who support each other during that time because we know what it's like to go through that. But the neat thing is there's also some wonderful days and not just good days, but there are days where we clearly see that God is in control of the mission there. An example that comes to mind was a woman who was a single parent who lost her job due to the pandemic and she showed up at Ham for the very first time because she had a disconnect notice for her light bill. The staff person took it and went inside. And during that time, she literally fell to her knees outside of our offices and started uh, crying and praying. Um, At that time, there was a lady in the community who had flyers and she was delivering them, trying to hire some people. And she said she was driving her van and God told her to stop at Ham. She had never been to Ham before. She struck up a conversation with the lady outside. And from that conversation, she offered her a job on the spot. And so those tears that came from that desperation and fear turned to joy. And we did help her with her light bill. And we also, you know, did help her with back to school supplies for her daughter. But God orchestrated that moment and he was clearly in control, but it was special to be part of that moment. What has changed about you? What is different about you and your faith since you've been working at Ham? Well, God has clearly grown me the most through service in my life. And there's a few lessons that I have personally learned through this. And I think the first one is that serving is not just about helping someone else, it's about action. It's about me responding to the Holy Spirit. God calls us to act. And something I try to tell our kids is he doesn't control the reaction of the other person. And he also doesn't guarantee, well, he doesn't guarantee the reaction of the other person or the outcome. There's times where it's awkward and it's uncomfortable, some of these, and sometimes the other person may not receive it well and they may get angry and you wonder afterwards, did you make any difference? But we don't know how God is going to use that moment and it's up for me to respond and so that lesson for me is to be obedient to the Holy Spirit. And then second is when God calls you, he equips you. I think about when I was preparing this and Moses being called by God in the burning bush in Exodus and you know chapters three and four, and here he is being spoken to by a burning bush telling him to go save the people of Israel and he starts to question God if he's the right person for it. Well, my brother's a better speaker or this or kind of coming up with it excuses. And most of the people that I work with at hand, they have degrees in social services. You know, they've had years of experience. My, my background's in marketing, I have a business degree. So what kind of value could I add to that? But over the past 20 years, while I've stayed home with the kids, God has grown me in my skills and gifts through my volunteering, so I was ready when he called me. It's been a slow process, but as I mentioned earlier, looking back, I see clearly he was preparing me. And then I guess the last lesson would be that God provides encouragement when you need it. There's some really tough days, but I always see God in those moments providing me with encouragement. There's a client that we've, I've gotten to know over the last year or so, and she's a mostly homebound senior, and we've set it up so we deliver meals to her once a month. And 
Every time after her delivery, I get a message from her the next day, thanking me and everybody at Ham, even though I was not the one who delivered it, to say what she made with her groceries that month. And I, I had this three, literally three and a half minute message saved on my phone about the chili and cornbread she made last <laughs> month. And so I play that sometimes to remind myself yeah. on those tough days. Clearly, this experience has changed your faith. Uh, has it changed the faith of your family? Well, I think for Chris and I, we always had a value of service that was important to us before we had kids. And then that's something we wanted to instill in both of our kids. And when I was younger and you know, had the two kids at, at home, I was part of a Bible study. And on one of our chapters, we talked about service. And what really struck me is they talked about creating a lifestyle of service. That service is not just something that you put on your calendar. I mean, scheduling service is important, but that's not what it's limited to. And I think that really struck me at that time of my life because I was limited with my kids being the ages that they were of what I could do. And then um, I also hit me too when we talk about the pillars of our community here at the church and gospel fluency. And I really think service and how we view that lens of serving other people is really important and is part of that fluency. So I hope that's had an effect on our family. Um, I really enjoy seeing how the value of service has manifested it in each one of us and our family very differently. Um, Chris is a very task-oriented person. Um, he's the first to start working on a job. He's the last to finish. I mean, it's evident on all the high school mission trips that he's been on and then also working in homes after Harvey. Katie is our daughter who's now a junior in college and she approaches it very relationally. When she was here in high school, she worked with the middle school youth. And then she's worked the past two summers at Pineco, which is a Christian camp as a counselor for elementary school kids. And then Nathan, he's our senior in high school and about to graduate and deciding what he's gonna, you know, where he's gonna go next year. And for him, it takes uh, the form of social injustices and how the world can be made a better place. This past summer, he went on the high school mission trip and then also he went with you and Chris to Honduras for that mission trip. And then the rest of the summer, he worked um, weekly at the food pantry at Ham, bagging groceries for clients. And I think all of those experiences heavily influenced his college applications this year. So next year, he's going off to study history and political science and is really um, intrigued by how governments and agencies really affect the lives of people. It's, it's fun to hear how you have a legacy, a culture of, of service in your family that we can kind of anticipate may go down through the generations. So talking to these people this morning, if they're questioning and have concerns or are not clear about how they should go forward with looking into or becoming engaged in missions, what would you tell them? Well, first of all, I would say to recognize that service is gonna look different at different seasons of our lives. When I was staying home with two young kids, that service really came into how could I serve those around me in need, whether it was just taking a meal to someone or something smaller. But as the kids got older, I was able to get more involved, first in their schools, and then here at church, and eventually at Ham. So I think that's something to recognize that is important. And secondly, that mission is not contained just to like mission trips. I think mission trips are very important and they give us a, a good perspective, but they only happen usually once a year. I've only gone on a couple of mission trips. Most of my activities have been here at the local level. You know, whenever they had opportunities here as a family that we could go serve. If anyone remembers Saturday's child delivering groceries to needy, humble families on Saturday morning or anything at ham too. 
And then next, use your spiritual gifts. Don't be tried to be someone you're not created to be or copy someone else's way of you think the way service should be done. God gifted you for a specific purpose, just like Beth was talking about. So whenever I'm trying to ground myself to talk about service or how I should be serving next, I always reference 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It is my favorite scripture regarding spiritual gifts and how we should work together as the body of Christ. I'd encourage everyone to read the whole chapter, but this morning I'm just gonna share a few verses. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in every one, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by the means of the same spirit. To another, faith by the same spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All of these are the work of one and the same spirit and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. Okay, so I've realized that I don't have the coolest spiritual gifts. I always thought it really would be cool to like serve in the worship band or in the scripture it talks about miraculous powers, but my spiritual gifts are organization and process flow and analyzation. So don't think, you know, those count as miraculous powers. I don't think that was on that list there. I didn't remember seeing yeah. it. <laughs> no, but I, I, I've come to recognize that is how I am used, and God has used that to serve others. You know, after Harvey, when our community was devastated, we had so many people in our community here in our church who needed help. We had volunteers going out. So I was one of the ones here behind at the church helping to kind of coordinate that project management and where the volunteers were going to go and kind of all the behind-the-scenes work. And now at HAM, we receive probably close to 20, I mean, 200 requests for services every single week. So my job is to manage that flow of requests that come in and get them out to the case managers so we can meet their needs as quickly as possible. Then I also take that data on the other end and use that for a grant application. So then hopefully we can get more funding to help more people. So that's what I love about the uniqueness of our spiritual gifts. They really all come together to make an impact and so I continue, I mean, I encourage you to continue reading chapter 12 because it talks about being the body of Christ, that every single part of the body is important. And then lastly, I would encourage you to find something that you connect with and you have a passion for. There's so many wonderful organizations right here in Houston that you can get involved with. So talk to people that you know, see what they're doing. Try out a lot of different places. It takes a while to kind of find your niche. Um, you can come check out the tables in the fellowship hall after service. There's many organizations out there, but go for it. You won't regret it. It will change your life. And I promise that if you pray about it, God will show you where he wants you to serve. You should know that when we talked about having this talk this morning, uh, I was trying to think about who I would invite to do this. And to be honest with you, there are literally dozens of covenant partners in our church family who are doing a wide variety of missions down the street, down in Humble around the state, around the country, around the world. Uh, Kristen has a great story, and so I was, I was very pleased to be able to invite her to do that, and I thank you for sharing your story with us this morning.
Today I want to offer you a working definition of what it means to be a Christian who's engaged in missions. A Christian missionary is a person who, in response to God's calling and gifting, leaves his or her comfort zone and crosses cultural, geographic, and other barriers to proclaim the gospel and live out a Christian witness in obedience to the Great Commission. I want you to notice a couple of things about my definition. The first qualification is that you must be a person. If you're not a person, don't, don't apply. But it doesn't matter if you're male or female, it doesn't matter if you're young or old, working or retired, rich or poor, all people are eligible for this calling. The second understanding that is that God will equip you with a calling and a gifting and open doors for you to serve. You are already trained for the work that God has prepared for you. The third issue is that you will be leaving your comfort zone. By definition, mission work is a stretch. It's a testing of your resolve and your commitment, your desire to, deserve, to serve God. Crossing barriers is like leaving your comfort zone, stepping over the obstacles like language, and distance, and expense, and time. And the last part of our definition simply means living out the Great Commission, making disciples in the way that we speak and sing and pray and build and teach, working with the people of the world. There are several different types of people that you may meet on your mission work. Sometimes there will be people that have never heard the good news of the gospel. They've never heard the words Jesus Christ in their lives. They have no background in faith and they're starting from scratch. Other times, you'll meet folks that have a little inkling of the faith. They may, may have been to church a few times, but they've not allowed the good news of the gospel to penetrate their hearts, to direct their lives, and to lift their spirits. And other times, your role may be trying to spotlight people who are already on the ground working, the local pastors who already know their faith family. These are people who are leading their community. They're acquainted with their flocks. They simply need to be encouraged and lifted up and promoted in their own neighborhoods as honorable and faithful guides. But all of these people were required to us to leave our comfort zones, to walk into the life spaces of other people, to overcome barriers that keep us from sharing the good news of the gospel. We do a wide variety of missions here at First Pres Kingwood. We put the roofs on houses in Honduras, we pass out medications at our clinic in Peru. We sing songs with the children at the Vacation Bible School in rural Alaska. We assist folks managing their finances at Ham. We forge friendships with Kids Hope with children at elementary schools right down the street. We box up toothpaste and socks for the seafarers at the Port of Houston. But all of the mission work that we do are simply excuses. They're excuses for us to meet people, to establish friendships, to grow relationships. Missions demonstrate to people that there is a God who loves them, that there is a Savior who lived and died and was resurrected for them, that there is a Holy Spirit ready to guard and guide their lives. Each mission experience is different, and God will place in front of you the people he knows will benefit from your service. And then he will give you the words to speak that they need to hear. Friends, Kristen explained that there's plenty of work to be done for God's kingdom in our neighborhood, in our schools, in our community, our country, and around the world. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. As Christians, we are called every week to come here to worship, to attend Bible studies, to understand God's word more deeply, 
and to enjoy the fellowship of our church family. But the church here is simply our training ground. This is where we learn the gospel, not to stockpile it and hoard it, but to share it and invest it. The church is where we gather, but it's also the place from where we are sent. A couple of weeks ago, Roland talked about another aspect of being stewards of the gifts that God has given to us and used the term dipping our toes in. I like that because I think that's a very appropriate way to think about becoming involved in missions. You don't need to dive in head first, but you need to test it, try it out for yourself. That's what Kristen did. That's what so many others in our church family have done. They tried missions on for size. I also like the image that Chad showed us when he was talking about the stewardship of our treasures. You remember he was talking about repenting and that word means to turn around, to go from one direction, 180 degrees the other direction. But the repenting doesn't need to be a big sweep uh, at one moment. It can be done in increments, in small pieces at a time. It's a healthy thing to do, to dip our toes and explore our options carefully, to find the best fit, the most valuable use of our gifts and talents. Being a good steward is not like reckless abandon, but rather thoughtful waiting and listening to the nudge of the Holy Spirit. Hundreds of covenant partners from First Prez have served in our mission over almost 40 years. You have been training and equipping for the work of the missions of your life. Is now the time to put that preparation to work outside your comfort zone, but in the very places of the world that need to see us and to hear the good news of the gospel that we can share. This is the season that we plan our summer mission trips. We are still limited by the threats and complications of COVID, but slowly our mission fields are opening back up again and we can begin to dream and to plan. As always, we know that even in the best of times, missions require us to be flexible about our vision but nevertheless, we can dream and we can plan. Today, several of our mission teams, as Christian mentioned, have set up tables in the fellowship hall. As you are coming and going from the third uh, Sunday breakfast, stop by, see what the other uh, covenant partners, people that you know in this church are already doing in the missions of our church. See how you might fit into that. Learn some more about it. Ask questions. Find out how these church members have been changed in their lives and their faith and the legacy they're leaving in their families with their service. Let's go back to the scripture that Christian shared with us before. This is from 1 Corinthians 12. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. God, by his spirit, has equipped you for the mission work to which you are now and will be called. All the ministries and missions of the church serve the same Lord. And God is at work in everyone, at work through everyone, you and me, all of us, as we work to make disciples of all people. Let's pray. Father God, you have given us minds to know you, hearts to love you, and voices to sing your praise. You have gifted us with hands and feet to encourage your people near and far. By your spirit, lead our hearts to the places that you would have us serve. Teach us how, becoming the bearers of the good news of your gospel in places outside of our comfort zone, all the nations might, by our service, learn of your love and mercy. 
for we ask it in Christ's name. Amen.